Today, we are bringing you part of our State of Mind speaker series created in collaboration with MindPeace Cincinnati and sponsored by the Hamilton County Mental Health Recovery Services Board and the COPE Grant. This series has been developed to provide education and support for youth, caregivers, and educators during this challenging time. We're glad you're here to educate yourself and to learn how to keep your brain in a healthy state of mind. For this episode, we asked guest host Dia Joshi, freshman at University of Cincinnati, to talk with two experts to discuss grief and loss during COVID-19. Dia, take it away. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on the State of Mind series brought to you by One in Five and Mind Peace. This series of speakers was made possible by the Hamilton County Mental Health and Recovery Services Board and the COPE Grant. My name is Dia Joshi, and I am a freshman at the University of Cincinnati, majoring in medical sciences. I'm also with the Youth Council for Suicide Prevention. This afternoon, I'm talking to Anne-Marie Kawadi-Bogan and Sheila Monifo-Pinoza from Companions on a Journey about managing grief and loss during COVID-19. Anne-Marie is a licensed independent social worker whose work is centered around helping children, teens, adults, friends, and families identify ways to promote and strengthen their emotional health and well-being. Sheila is the founder of Companions on a Journey. Sheila has a passion for walking alongside others on their grief journey. She holds numerous certifications, is an instructor, and nationally published author in bereavement education and support. All right, so I'm so excited to have you guys here, and I'm excited to get this interview started. Well, thank you for having us. Yes. Of course. All right, we can jump right into the questions. So for the first one, how is grief affecting our world right now? So right now, there are so many things going on. We're dealing with the grief that we're experiencing through death. Um, We are also experiencing the grief of events that have been lost um, from uh, from graduations, from not being able to go to our games and and our bands and and all the different things that we normally do. The Halloween was different. You know, all of our holidays have been different so far. Being away from our friends and family has been very difficult. And that's truly a grief that we're dealing with, not being able to touch them, to hold them, to be close and companion with them. Um, in addition to that, there's so much social unrest right now. Um, the election is finally over, um, but we're also wondering what happens next. And that's also a grief that we're experiencing because it's our assumptive world. You know, we assume that we are safe in the world, that we know what's going to happen, that um, we can kind of anticipate our next steps. And at this point, we are not able to do that with all of the changes that keep occurring with COVID. Um, so many things continue to change that we're just kind of out, off balance and out of step and kind of not really knowing what to do. And so that wears on us. And that is grief because we're not able to experience life the, the way we used to. I, I would hesitate to say that this is our new normal. I would say that this is our new reality right now um, because this isn't normal and it's, you know, hopefully not going to stay this way, but this is the reality that we have to deal with and we are grieving all of the things that we're missing. And I would really say too, to piggyback upon what Amory is saying is that 
our lives have changed. And when change happens in our lives, it brings about grief. And when you are talking about grief, doesn't have to come from death. Remember, it comes from change as well. But you complicate that with the death of a loved one. There are many fears then that come to a child or a teen. So if you've had a parent die, then you worry about the other parent who may die. Um, the social support that we usually receive when there's a funeral, that no longer is there in the way that we usually um, have had it in the past or think that it should be. Um, we can't have people come around and hug us and hold our hand and cry with us. They can cry with us, but to put their arms around us and cry together, you know, that's something that we can't do right now. And so to be able to find a way to create that balance when you're worried about all the things that are going on in our world, but in their world, in their present world, in their small world, that is huge to them. When family has changed, when that structure has changed, um, it totally throws things out of balance. And um, you know, you gain a new perspective in life. Yeah, just being out of school for so many students or yeah. having a hybrid has been so difficult. You know, starting your your um, college career online. And not being able to meet people, I'm sure, has yeah. been very difficult. Um, and, you know, hopeful that next semester will look different. But this has been really hard for you. You also missed graduation, didn't you, Daya? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's difficult. And I found that when um, when this all began, people didn't use the resources that were available to them. They didn't use the social media like they normally did. They didn't use Snapchat and Twitter. And they weren't using the resources, I think, because we were so grief-stricken by everything that was going on um, that we just kind of went into our shells. Um, and then, thankfully, Zoom came. And, you know, at least we can talk to people that way. But it's yeah. been... It's been such a change. And that's the assumptive world is thinking, well, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to, you know, meet new people and I'm going to study, you know, my career of choice. And right now it's in isolation that you're doing that. And I think that's really so difficult. The isolation piece is a big part of it. Definitely. I totally agree. And thank you guys for that. So looking at the fact that like all of our lives have dramatically changed and, you know, we're just trying to sort of get back to normal, at least inside of our heads with that new routine. What can we do to help ourselves stay mentally healthy during this time? Sheila, do you want to start? Well, I first, I give everyone a slinky when I'm talking about how do we create a new balance? So when life is out of control, what do we need to do to bring control in the life? And so when we try to balance that slinky, first of all, we have a protective wall that we all build. So right now our protectives and these protective walls are important for us to build right now. We wear a face mask, we wash our hands, we sneeze into our elbow, we make sure that we're distanced from people. But in creating that balance, when it's out of balance, I think it's important for us to realize who are the people the places and the things that we can do and turn to, to be able to help bring us up, you know, to, to be able to maybe keep, create a journal to write down, you know, okay, the people that, that mean a lot to you, write their names and addresses down, you know, the places that you could go to, maybe it's going outside. That might be something totally different than what you did before, 
but it's kind of gaining some control of what we have control mm-hmm. over. And it really, to me, this pandemic made me look through a different set of lenses um, to look at the things that maybe I might have missed. Like right now, we're having beautiful fall days, you know, and the red maple trees in my yard are were gorgeous. Now they're falling all over the yard. And this morning when I got up, um, all the leaves that I raked and everything last night, there was probably twice as many and they covered my car and over the roof of the car, the window of the car, the hood of the car. And I mean, they were probably three or four inches deep and I'm like, oh, and then I thought, okay, I'm going to get in my car really slow. This is looking <laughs> at a new perspective. My husband said, I'll wipe it off. And I said, no. And I creeped out of the driveway very carefully, turned my car, was going forward. And I put a little bit of gas on, not too much. And all the leaves blew off. And my husband said it looked like fire was coming out of my car because all these red things. But what I did is I gave myself a new perspective. I could have looked at my life as, oh, my gosh, I just had my car cleaned. Why is it now all messy? It's probably got marks all over it. But instead, I thought, okay, what can I do to make this good for me? You know, and I enjoyed the ride, you know, and I think that sometimes we have to do that. Um, of going outside and enjoying the beauty of, of reaching out to people, you know, that we might not have been in contact with, of maybe making the special cookies, you know, or your favorite foods that you used to like to eat, to enjoy those now. I think it's finding a way to create the balance mm-hmm. and sharing the memories and sharing. I miss this. I think we have to name it and claim it of the things that we are missing. And I think so many times in life, we don't know how to wrap our brains around what we feel or what we're missing. And when we just take that time to pause and think, okay, I'm missing not getting to share this with, or I'm missing not being with my friends, but instead thinking, wow, these are all new different things that we're creating. And how is this going to affect my life in the future? You know, what bigger and better things can come? If we look at it that this is destroying our life, then it's going to destroy our life. We can become either better or we can come or we can become bitter. I choose to become better, you know, and I think that if we do that, just like I did with the leaves today, um, wow, it started my whole day off being grateful um, that I had that moment that I got to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Lala Dalia, I hope I'm saying her name right, says that self-care is a way to take our power back. And so we have to look at what is in our control and what power we can take back for ourselves. Um, so self-care is so important right now. Just um, some mindfulness, you know, putting on a, um, a mindfulness guided meditation for 10 minutes just changes the whole perspective. Um, breathing, you know, just um, I like to do the four, seven, eight breathing where you take four breaths in, you hold for seven and you release for eight. It allows you to release all of that energy that is not good. If you're needing energy, you do it backwards. You do eight, seven, four. So you breathe in for eight, you hold for seven and you release for four. And if you do those things a couple of times a day, it really helps to kind of center you. Um, Just being aware of your body and, you know, the tension in our body. I think we don't always, we're not always aware of that. Um, Those simple 
things, right? Just, you know, you're sitting and, and you're looking at the books and your, your shoulders are all cramped up and your stomach is queasy. And so you take those breaths and you allow mm-hmm. yourself to just sit there for a, for a minute and just breathe. And a minute seems like a very long time when you're just breathing and centering on yourself. But it's so important to first focus on yourself and your self-care and doing really fun things for you, like going outside right now and putting your feet in the grass is very grounding. Yeah. So you, you, if you're having a hard day, I want you to go outside I want you to go put your feet in the grass and just feel the grass. I mean, it's going to, it's going to feel different than it did this summer, but it's really very grounding and you allow yourself to just kind of connect with nature and just be centered and be present. You know, the things that we worry about are things that we've experienced in the past and what we're anticipating for the future. Mm -hmm. So if we can center ourselves and allow ourselves to just be present, present we allow ourselves to do some self-care and to really focus where we need to focus yeah for sure and I've like noticed it for myself too I've been spending like almost like double the amount of time outside than I ever have in high school just just this year alone and it's been incredible like how much like time I spent inside last year and stuff like that and how I just studied outside or did like small things like that, I guess. Yeah, you took control. Yeah. You took and you found ways to make your to bring joy to your life and you fill your heart and your soul. Right. Well, the one thing that I wanted to say in in thinking about what's going on, it's important for us to take our emotional temperature. You know, mm-hmm. and I think going into the mindfulness and what Anne Marie said is, you know, being coming present to the present moment, when we start to notice that we're getting nervous or that our, our anxiety is building up, when we can kind of think, okay, this is when I need to take that pause moment, and we do that, it helps mm-hmm. so much more. And it helps us to read our own body language, you know, mm-hmm. because I think in this time that we're in, um, I have really learned how to read my body language and my body yeah. so much more. Mm-hmm. You know? And um, I think that if anything, we can look at that being a positive for us, but we mm-hmm. do have to learn how to reset. Like Anne-Marie said, it's mm-hmm. so, so important. And I will tell you that going out and putting your feet in the grass truly does work. <laughs> does. Yeah. For sure. And so with balance, you guys already touched on this a little bit in the previous question, but looking specifically at when adverse events occur in your life, why is maintaining that balance so important? There, there are so many things going on when something happens in your life that we don't have control over, right? The adverse things that happen in our lives, the things that we're experiencing now. So we have to find those areas that we can control. We have to find the things in our lives that, you know, that we can take control of and grow from, um, you know, we have to sit with the, the feelings, obviously. You know, when things bad things happen, we have to sit with those feelings. And we have to acknowledge those feelings. They're real. Uh, but we have to also find a way to move forward and to find things that are within our control. You know, if you are stuck at home, for example, because you're, you're not back in school, right? You have to find ways to bring joy and happiness into your life. Identify what truly is missing from your life. If it's friends, 
then you Zoom with them, you text them, you, you find ways to make those connections. If it's a death, you know, those are much harder things to deal with right now because of how COVID is and how the funerals are. So you try to find ways to um, find controls in those in those difficult times. You know, just um, if it's, you know, writing letters to people that you love or, um, you know, people who have passed, even writing letters to them, saying to them what you didn't get to say. I found that very helpful. Um, not necessarily journaling, but just writing them a letter and telling them, this is what I really wanted to say to you. This is what I really miss about you. And this is what I love about you. And sharing their memories with people who want to, you know, who are willing to listen to you and talking about those people that are no longer in our lives is so important. I think you keep them alive um, outside of you as well as within you. And I think too, when when we suffer the death of someone or we have grief for something, um, it's almost as though our brain short circuit, you know. And so if we think about a house being wired, you know, and we hear about you know a fire, you know, because something's been misfired, what we think about the same for our brains. Um, we're used to everything in chronological order, and when we've had someone die, it's like a big wedge of our mind has been taken out. And then we cannot think clearly. And so when we can create that balance and know that, okay, we can only take one moment, one breath, one step at a time, you know, and that's the first part that I always say about creating the balance, you know, take a breath, take a breath, you know, and then you stop to think, okay, how can I gain some control? So it's taking one moment at a time and doing small things. So I always tell people, when they get up every morning to put your two feet on the floor and take a deep breath, you know, for some then to maybe be able to say a prayer, you know, okay, dear Lord, help me for today. Um, but some, it could be then going and brushing your teeth. Um, there is an admiral, it's Admiral William McVeigh, I think his name is. And he's talked about um, how you should make your bed, you know, when you get up. So if you take a deep breath, you brush your teeth and make a bed, some of the things the, that help you in making that bed is one, it shows you that you've accomplished something for the day. And then it also helps you to be able to want to accomplish other things for the day. So you have a sense of pride and it encourages you to do things. And then at the end of the day, when you stop to think about it, if your day has been chaotic and totally out of control, when you're going back into your room and you're entering into your bed, you're going into a bed that has been prepared for you. And it really feels good. I mean, those cool sheets and everything. But I think it's important for us to find that balance. And I think when things are out of control, we can't go into what tomorrow is going to bring the next day, what, what's going to happen in two weeks or three weeks. Because right now we don't know. You know, right now we're all gearing up that we might not have our holidays be the same. But we don't know that yet. So instead, we have to think about, okay, what are some different ways that I can respond to it? But if it becomes overwhelming, kind of wind yourself back and think, okay, I have control over this moment. I have control over my feelings right now. And if those feelings are overwhelming, then I need to find somebody that I can talk to. You know, because when we carry too big of a platter or we carry too heavy of a thing, 
it weighs us down. So we've got to find things that one moment at a time helps us to be able to carry and manage and create a balance in so much, you know, in such a greater way. Um, but I would say make your beds too. I think, uh, especially for teenagers and college students and stuff, I never thought that that really meant a lot until after my husband died. And I can tell you, I, for the past 27 years, all except for maybe two or three days, I've made my bed every day and it feels so good. Cause when I look at my room, when I leave, it's like, wow, this really looks good. You know, when I come in at the end of the night and I'm so tired and everything, getting in that bed, no matter what my day has brought, it's like, thank you, God, for allowing me to have my bed and my pillow. You know, and gratitude, I think, is a big thing with keeping the balance. When you have something that's gone out of control or you're suffering grief, you know, to think about what are the things that you're grateful for, you know? And I think the more that we can be grateful for things, even the small little things that I got to have my mother love me, I got to have my father love me, or I have people that care about me. Um, And you become your own best friend. I think that that's what's very important to look in that mirror and say, you know, I, I admire you. You're awesome. I love you. You know, all those kind of things help bring a balance back into our life. And it's so important because I think in this day, everything's out of control. We have to be able to find ways to build us up. We need that. Everybody needs that. Mm-hmm. You know, November 13th is World, um, is World Kindness Day. Sometimes we need to get out of ourselves and what's going on in our heads and our hearts and do something kind for somebody else. And what we get back is, is enormous. I mean, just, you know, when you do something kind for someone, the simplest things, you know, if you're a driver, you're just letting someone else have your parking space or if you, you know, paying for the, the next person in line, it's amazing that the, the expressions on people's faces or, you know, picking something up for someone or doing just a little bit extra. Sometimes it's just a smile or saying hello for someone who's isolated. Um, It makes such a difference in people's worlds and it brings so much to our worlds. And it also gets us out of maybe the, the bad feelings that we're having. You really, it's hard to be kind and be angry at the same time. So some of that is always a good thing to do as well. Yeah, thank you so much. And for our last question, um, so basically you guys have talked a lot about having that positive outlook with balance and everything. So is it okay to sometimes not have a positive outlook? And after um, the initial like adverse event or anything of that sort, how do you make your perspective more positive? And I'm sure that this is a question that so many people that are watching this probably have. Mm-hmm. So you take some control over what you have control over. Again, um, you identify what it is that is going on for you. Um, you know, I think half the battle in this is just being aware of what's going on for us mm-hmm. and how then can we address it. Um, things that we can do to help ourselves. And there are those moments where we're going to be sad. And there are those moments where we're going to be anxious and acknowledging our feelings um, and then kind of making a plan of, well, I can't stay here, you know, in this place that doesn't feel so good. So I'm going to be here for a little while and I'm going to let myself feel what I need to feel, but then I'm going to try to do something positive for me. 
So, you know, to be happy all the time right now is not realistic. We have our moments. Um, but I think that positive self-talk helps. Um, you know, when you're going down that road, you have to say, whoa, I know I'm going down that road, but it's going to make me sad, right? We can all talk ourselves into that sadness. Well, we yeah. can also talk ourselves into feeling better, maybe not over joy, you know, but we can talk ourselves into feeling better, acknowledging our feelings. Like this is a really bad place to be right now. This is uncomfortable. I don't like this feeling. So what am I going to do to help myself? Again, self-care, taking control over what you do have control over and moving forward from there. But acknowledging your feelings, I think we have to acknowledge what's going on and however people have to do that, whether it's journaling, whether it's talking to someone or just being quiet with ourselves, I think it's an important thing to do. And I think we need to realize that life has many ups and downs and that there are many feelings and emotions and it's okay to feel angry. It's okay to feel sad. Mm-hmm. It's okay to feel confused and lost and alone, but to know that you're not alone. I think that that's the big thing. And I do think you have to honor your grief, honor your feelings of what you're feeling. But then it's also, you know, having a new perspective, you know, of, of when you feel like you've cried enough or that you're in that spot long enough um, to think, okay, you know what, what can I do to help bring myself back up? Mm-hmm. But it's so important. And I think with time, it takes time to experience um, things and to know that with time, things will pass, um, you know, but it may, might take time. We always say grief is ongoing, you know, and for a child that may be grieving the death of a loved one, it grief can visit them all the milestones of their life. And I mean, I've been widowed for 27 years and my friends have been gone for many more years than that. Um, They are always um, on my heart and there's times that I miss them more. And there's other times where I think about them and think, wow, you know, I remember when I made fudge with my dad, I think I'm going to attempt it. Now it might not be as good, but maybe it'll be better, you know, Mm -hmm. those kind of things. But I think we have to feel our emotions because I think when we keep them bottled up inside of us, like this. I always ask people to grab this imaginary ball and let this be grief. Let this be the emotions. Okay. And if we grip them long enough and really grip hard, we're going to see that it's going to affect our body, our minds, our spirits, our being. And what we have to do is find ways to work them out. One is to express the feelings, to feel the feelings, to walk through the feelings. The other then is to reach out, you know, and to know that you're, what you're feeling is okay, but to also know that sometimes we have to say, I need help. I don't know why I'm feeling this. And I would say that that's the biggest thing in, in, in creating the balance that a lot of times in life, people think they're the only ones feeling these feelings and emotions and they keep them bottled up and it becomes like concrete. And that is when it's hard to be able to transform and to heal. Um, when we can have our feelings and emotions validated that's what helps us to get out of those dark thoughts, out of those dark moments, because it takes a village, you know, and I want every child and teen and adult and family to know that it's okay to feel, but we have to try to create that balance that if we ever try to strive, we strive to be balanced. I tell people, if I was balanced, completely balanced, I would be boring. So to know that being off balance, that's your personality. That's who you are, you know, and that's your voice. 
you know, but when we feel like it's out of control and we're bottoming out and we can't, you know, move to the next moment to reach out and ask for help because that's so important because we always tell everybody in our groups that we are here for you. And I know with one in five and with mind peace and with companions on a journey, we truly mean that we are here for you and, um, you know, live life and allow life to surround you that we're here for you. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, that was amazing advice. So that also brings us to the end of this interview. And thank you guys so much for being here today. You guys are so amazing and so inspiring. I learned so much from this single interview and I'm sure that everyone watching did as well. Thank you guys again and have a great rest of your day. Thank you, you so too. much. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. To learn more about this episode, you can check out our show notes and access additional information on our website at 1n5.org. We ask that you please subscribe, rate, write a review, or share this podcast with anyone you think may be interested in hearing more about how we are changing the mental health landscape. Again, I'm Nancy. And I'm Kayla. And we hope you'll join us next time.